Woody Guthrie Center and Bob Dylan Center present Fire in Little Africa, a multimedia hip-hop project inspired by the resilience of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now, coming at you live from Greenwood, here are your hosts, Ali Shaw and Doc Free. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fire and Little Africa podcast. If you only knew what it took for us to be here this time, episode 18. <laughs> Listen, we have a really special. It's relevant. It's irrelevant. It takes what it takes. It does what it does. It is. It, it, you're right. Yeah. We will need to talk about this another time, Lizard King. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we're so grateful to be here today with our guy, Sneak. The poet have one thing in common. Everything's all right, all might with the flow, bro. Smile on her face, cause she just left the dojo. Eyes on the prize and her eyes on the loco. Probably eating bezel trees, drip down in rose gold, clean hands, so the hoes know. No dirty Mac, and that's flagrant. I'm team captain and we playing by the rules here. That's how the game play. Everybody get their shot. Some niggas fade away. Others just maintain. I'm chillin' with a baddie eating plantain chips. Ain't shit but a krillin' just to cut your bitch. They say life is a movie. I'm just writing a script. And I'm filming a two. Might catch me downtown with a whole camera crew. Sneak joint coming soon. I'm shooting all these shots to give my mama a roof. It's like one for all, one for all. This is our yeah. One for all, one for all, till we ball, yeah. One for all, one for all, this is our yeah. One for all, one for all. Till we ball, yeah. One for all, yeah. One for, one for all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's build a brand to feed the whole fam. Make a song to put us all on. Had a feeling you wasn't in the plan. But still brought you all along. Simulation been tweaking. I'ma chill for the weekend. Eating fish now, but still I got love for the vegans. I'ma beat it, baby. I need to give him a more proper introduction, but that was good. You know, that was perfect. <laughs> just sneak, just sneak right in. <laughs> yeah. Sneak right in. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you know, y'all having me. Yes, we're so happy to see your face. And hear yes. your voice. And we need everyone to know that you are more than a poet. You're a rapper, you're a director, you're an actor, a screenwriter, and entrepreneur from North Tulsa. Yes. That's why I yes. said you need a proper introduction. Thank you. How, Thank you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I had a, uh, I was a terrible migraine for a few days. So that had me in bed. Uh, I think my body just needed to rest. Uh, but now I'm feeling like, back to normal just a1 energy so so what are your migraine what That's do you saucy. do to get rid of your migraine man i had some what is this some echinacea tea with some ginger root and some cilantro uh that helped me out a lot i took a little bit of elderberry syrup as well and uh you know a lot of water h2o fiji and okay, in a dark room, maybe an ice pack here and there. Did you do yeah, that? Yeah, dark room, feet elevated, and some sleep. And okay. Cuddle with me and the cats. <laughs> yeah. Doc, how are you feeling over there? Are you good? I'm doing quite well. You know what I'm saying? We're in the middle of nowhere, but yet the center of everywhere, chilling. I like that. Work day. Now we're here with my friends talking yeah. about everything. So let's get into it. <laughs> How are you, Ali? 
Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing very well. Thank Up you. Update Ali much. Shaw. <laughs> I'm uh I'm not quite out of the woods just yet, but I am getting there. So okay. yeah, doing very well. Thank yeah, you for saw, asking. Yeah, I saw your post, so I was just, you know, wanting to send good vibes and love uh yeah. towards you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, health is wealth. Absolutely. And I all I too have some elderberry as recommended by my guy Headcrack from the Morning Hustle. <laughs> yeah. From the Morning Hustle. Yeah. Y'all know who Headcrack is. Oh, He's yeah. also a part of the Bodega Brothers. He uh, was like, yo, you need to get you some elderberry capsules. I was like, <laughs> keep the I need to fight my immune system. I I'm sorry, he has that East Coast accent, so I have to go into head crack mode but that's my dude he's he's a he's a great person i love that show they're very they're funny yeah well yeah. And I, lo I just love that head crack is he's a true radio person you know what i'm saying like he's not just mm. talking on the mic he's actually producing and running the board at the same time so big shout out to him y'all listen to the morning hustle <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh but hey sneak let's get into your origin story i just i think we need to start there because you are a north tulsa native Mm -hmm. And um, I, these are things that on a personal note, like th there are a lot of things that I've wanted to know about you over the years. Um, but first of all, you know, one of the things that we want to ask you is, have you always been an artist and what type of creativity were you drawn to in your early years? Yeah, what was the soundtrack, man? Like what's, what's Young Sneak listening to? Yeah. Uh, a lot of, well, to answer that one, Young Sneak was listening to some wild stuff. I was the biggest fan of Nelly as a kid. Uh, so was our good friend Haki. Yeah, man, Nelly. Yo, Nelly had me walking around with no shirt on and, and a bandana. <laughs> I mean, a, a bandaid on my on my face. Like seriously, uh, like. What's your favorite like, Nelly track? Man, uh, uh, country grammar or uh, ride with me. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I like how you switched up with Robin Me. Oh yeah, Pimp Juice is like, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> A1, A1 Nelly. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, I guess you could say I've always been an artist. I started off as like an athlete, like for the Tulsa Boys Club, uh, like TBD Red. And so that's kind of where I like, thought I was going to be when I was a kid. Like, oh, you know, I'll just be an athlete like all my homies. And I, you know, wasn't that good. So had to kind of figure out, you know, other avenues. But uh, I first time ever getting like introduced to the arts, honestly, was third grade. I was in a play. They asked me to be in for school because uh, the main characters, uh, I guess he had some bad grades. So they just hit me up. It was like, you know, and I, I learned it. Get in there. Yeah. And I hopped in and and killed it. And I didn't think nothing of it up until uh, like middle school. And then I met uh uh, Tyrone Wilkerson when I was at Carver and uh, you know he found a liking to me and kind of was training me and uh, speech and stuff so I was doing like MLK speech around town and, and just you know uh, acting at speech tournaments and, and I was uh, did my first play at the PAC I think seventh grade it was the first so all black cast can I like ask 10 years. can you tell our audience who is Tyrone Wilkerson like what was his role he is a Tulsa legend legit goat uh a rest in peace um he was a teacher at carver and he actually mentored at booker t as well he uh, did some acting in la 
for a while, he mentored with a lot of kids here in North Tulsa, uh, helping them, you know, with speech and debate, helping them with acting and public speaking. And he was just a great role model. Uh, and the Carver Auditorium is currently named after him. And uh, I can honestly say he's the reason for Sneak, the, like the original version, like the origin, like how I became Sneak in a sense, uh, for getting me like so invested in the arts. And, I mean, after that, honestly, it was just high school. I was really good at it. Uh, I was really good at poetry. I won state my senior year, uh, took like seventh in the nation. Um, I was, you know, after that, I went to say, I was like, I'll take my talents to TU, I guess. So, so I went to uh, there and studied theater and film. But after like a year or two, I kind of was, see, acting was, I, I kind of saw the box of it and Hollywood wasn't appealing anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of didn't like the idea of uh, being cast as, as these uh, type roles that I saw for myself. And I wanted to be more on the uh, creative side and more of the, right. uh, you know, producing side. So Robert I started, Townsend, Hollywood shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. And I'm, and I'm, so I just, from there, I was like, okay, I'll, take some screenwriting classes, start taking directing. I met Michael Wright uh, and he helped me with screenwriting. And from there, I just kind of started directing and it molded. I started writing. At the same time I started writing like films, I started rapping. So it kind of all happened like at once. So around what year was this? Yeah, some time frame. 2011, 2012. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I think around this time is why I first, like, kept seeing this young man. And the Nelly thing kind of makes sense. Because whenever I first met Keith, like, it was Wave Check Central. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) He was rocking the short and tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts. Uh, Shoulders just, like, just rolling around. But he'd get up on the mic and be like, let me serve you. linguistically." (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so the the Nelly thing makes sense. So, uh, uh, Alan Shaw, was the first time you seen Keith the Snake Daniels? The way, you know, we were talking before we all got online together. What I remember the most about Snake is, I said, he's a poet before he's a rapper to me. I remember seeing him at, and I want to say probably Creative Room was one of the first places I saw you, but at Cypher 120, shout out to Written Quincy. I feel like he gets a mention in every episode. Yo, yeah, like every yeah. that's like you want to talk about one of the founding fathers <laughs> in yeah, our current big, climate. Big facts, big facts. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, birthed, I feel like a lot of artists is uh, placed. He most definitely did, um, and I actually, uh, but no, I, I want to say that that's probably where I knew you best. And then we were saying how at the end of the night during Cipher One Twenty, the Cipher ends the night and. I remember that feeling of somebody pass Neek the mic because <laughs> I just wanted to hear you freestyle. Like, yeah, you might yeah. do a piece, you know, during the, the actual show. But at the end of the night when the freestyle was happening, I'm like, you were always one of those people. I'm like, give him the mic. Give him the mic. Like, he's going to murder somebody up there tonight. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's yeah. honestly a like a blessing how I was accepted because uh, I felt like nobody really just heard me make a song. Like, yeah. They just heard my, my poetry and maybe like rap a little on stage, and you just kind of welcome me. Like, like my first studio session ever was with Burns, uh, him and Malachi at the church studio. Like, 
my first session ever. I'm like, this real, real in this this dope studio and just like, yo, what is what is this? What is this? And uh, that from that moment, you know, and Burns just riding around town with him, uh, just showing me the ropes. You want to talk uh, about the freestyle master? That's Burns, man. And and like honestly, like and that's and that's a crazy first session to be with with Burns. Like uh-huh. like to have to be to be rapping with him. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was like insane. Uh, yeah. And he, I remember all the gems that he was giving me, and and like even my first show was with you, uh, Doc. Like lessons and fresh, sound funny. Like I had Less maybe four fresh. or five songs, maybe at the time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and people were showing me love, like you know. So yeah, I just that, peeped you know? through the photos, man. We got lessons and fresh coming up this Friday. I've been trying to pull yeah, some old, old graph photos. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I like y'all doing it virtually, right? Yes, sir. Twitching. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's gonna be lit, man. I'm a you can I mean you can do Twitch from your phone or something because I'll, I'll I'll try to make you, man. Yeah, we we'll yeah, definitely do that. Yeah, we do all that. Yeah, that's probably lessons and fresh is 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 hey, that's true hip hop. That's true hip hop to the Thank core. You. Like you know what I mean? For yes. sure. Like, and that's what I appreciate y'all. Like, like Seattle, they was on that though. I can say Seattle was on some true hip hop. Like, like I go to events, I see the B boys, I see the graffiti. Uh, you know, they had a they had a little underground scene there. The sound oh, isn't nowhere near what we got. Uh, no offense, but uh, that's something I appreciated when I moved up there. Doc, wasn't the last Lessons and Fresh when Sneak performed with the last live yeah, one? I that should was say our last. That was our last live one, bro. Dang, that was our last live. Was. One. I remember and that everything was lit. hit. Yeah, yeah, you and Dominic and yeah, who else was there? Off. Yeah. Uh, Somar, yeah, Somar, yeah. Oh yeah, Somar was in there. Yeah, place. yeah, of course. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was uh, I think first time me and Dom did something on stage together. Yeah, kind of kind of dragged him up there. So when you did your first lessons in fresh, you said you only had like what four or five songs. Yeah, like I was uh, working on my first tape called Garden of Eden, and uh, oh, okay. I honestly. Oh. Just started in a sense. Uh, oh my God! No, stop it, bro! Stop it, bro! Let me let me explain real stop quick. Stop it, bro! Let me explain real quick because you know we have to paint a picture with our words. Not a lot of people can see us they right can't now. Doc, see this right now. Doc oh is my. holding an original C. It's a CD, right? Of the mix the CD. of Garden of Eden. Yo. Yo, and hold on. Let me bring it out. I don't even. I don't know if I have one of those, bro. That is. Let sick. me. Let me let me slide this stock in. Bro, that's like a Nardwarg moment right now, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> Did we just I mean, Nardwarg? We oh just Nardwarg. Uh, let me give you a, a quick rundown of some of the folks uh, that had participated on this lovely, lovely John here. De La Croix, yes. We've got C yes. Mace. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Tony Williams. Mm-hmm. I am Des. The homie C Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shouts out to him. Stevie D, man. Garden of Kush, though, that's like one of my favorite tracks on here. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. man. You, I, yeah. shout out, shout out I ain't to Brian gonna lie. <laughs> Mix the master. Yes, yes, shout out to Brian Lamar, man. I'm that's honestly bringing back so many memories, man. Like, that's homie closet type rap right there. Like, you know, rapping off the mic off a hanger, hooked up to the rap with a rope type thing. We was really, really making that work, man. 
with a, Dang, with a pantyhose wrapped around a, the wire frame <laughs> for a facts. Like, yeah, facts. Yeah, facts for the uh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. That's put the, it's crazy. Put the because, heavy coats on either side when you're yeah. put the heavy coat mm. on either side. Yeah. It's crazy because I just had a friend tell me about a track sometimes. She's like, I'll just listen to sometime. And it took me a second. I was like, from from my first album, like, you still listen to some shit that I made like eight, nine years ago? Like that's I think I dropped it in 2012, so yeah, that would be Bro. eight years ago. Okay, yeah. see, so, so we've got history, doc. There's your Garden of Eden, right? You're mm-hmm. doing lessons and fresh. You're you're performing tracks from that album. Yeah. Okay. So this is what 2012, 13, maybe. Yeah, 12. It might be in a uh, 12. Yeah, 2012, early 13, maybe. Okay. So then, how do we jump from there? What are you doing in between that and 88 music? Because that's 2016. Mm-hmm. So you focus in kind. Are you kind of building that project during that time, or are there other things going on during that time? I, I felt like I evolved. Um, Because all my music, in a sense, is in the moment. I can really only rap in the moment. Uh, So I changed even my name from, like, it was KD when I was at uh, Garden of Eden, and I switched to Sneak the Poet. My name has always been Sneak. (laughs) There it is on the screen. Yeah, KD. Like, that's, yeah. (laughs) And my name has always been Sneak, but it's always been one of those things where it was, like, my close knit day one circle of friends knew me as Sneak. Uh, it's ironically, it came from my uh, my homie's uh, uncle uh, said I talk fast like the rapper Keep the Sneak, and that was around mm-hmm. the time uh, you know what I mean him and you boy go. Was, yeah, it's fight. You know what I mean like 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 so I was just sneak. I was always sneak. So the fact I was doing poetry and you know. My form of poetry to me isn't just written poetry. I look at poetry as poetry in motion, poetry in the, uh, how I'm living life in a sense, poetry in the film that I'm doing as well. Uh, so it's just one of those sneak the poet made sense. And yeah, from there it was, it was like 88 music. I was trying to create a, 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 a not, not like a movie, but an honest cinematic feel. So when you heard it, you felt like, but the cinematic feel was riding in your car. Mm-hmm. So, in a, so it was, uh, and that's what the whole 88 was, is, you know, I had three Delta 88s uh, in between that time, and I just created all these stories with it. So it was one of those where I was like, I'm going to have to basically tell these stories. So uh, that's really what it was. And I had felt that I was getting to a place in my art where I was comfortable. Um, Two months after I released 88 Music, I left to Seattle. Uh, Not only that, a month after it dropped, I dropped my first independent film with uh, uh, YV Media and uh, King Spencer called Cornerstone Blues. So it was like, and I just graduated college, like 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 a half a year before. So to me, it was just, and basically encapsulating how I was feeling at that moment. And mm-hmm. that's why me, part of me moving to me felt like part of the now, the album, like the end of the album, like was me leaving. And if you listen to the album, I'm saying that, hey, I'm about to bounce. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what 88 music was. Like I'm gonna hop in my car and I'm gonna leave. This is, uh, this is that uh, cruise music, you know? You know? 
Just that cruise music. Just hop in your whip and just cruise to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 North Toss a native. Young black giving you this Oklahoma flavor. Words from a player. Keep your money in your pocket. Keep your women up in pairs. It's that smooth shit. Schoolboy skipping class to do math with the cool kids. Eyes on the prize. Ears on this true shit. My lips on this swisher. Head on swivel. About to get some weed, now I'm about to get some liquor. Might shoot some shots, but my lead on pistol. Man, I'm Southern raised, just a little too different. Pushing through my city, man, a little too suspicious. Couple fellows in the trunk, bag it up, we ain't tripping. Sick to the cold, my nigga, we ain't snitching. Put your life on the line, an everyday mission. Put my life on the line. Every other sentence, if I said it, I meant it. If I said it, I lived it, nigga. I swear this is music that you ride to. To fly one, get high to Hop on the freeway and just ride to This is 88 music, hope it finds you You, hope it finds you You, you, you This is 88, this is 88 This is 88 music, hope it finds you Nice and fine You're doing like a little bit of prophetic Tupac type stuff like Sneaks <laughs> Corsese What the heck? Like, you know, Pop was always kind Yeah <laughs> Yeah he was always painting a picture for us, like letting us know, you know, in some ways, like if I die tonight, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, wait, what? You leave yeah. in town, come back. And I'm going to yeah. say right now, I'm going to admit to everybody, when you left, I was telling Doc and uh, No Skips, this is his new nickname, by the way. Doc, CD, No Skips. CD, CD, our <laughs> no producer, Skips. Chris Davis, CD, a.k.a. No Skips. AKA and no now, skippy. and now, Doc just got a new nickname tonight. He's Tulsa's Nardwire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, facts, facts. No, 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 the bro. Garden, they eating like that's that's a sick cover to have, man. Like that's man. But man. I have to say, like when you left, main condition my, too. <laughs> for myself, I was really sad. I was like, oh my gosh, just when we were getting to really like know you and your art and whatever. Why are you leaving us? But at the same time. I was encouraging you, like, no, go, go out there, see the world, you know, whatever. We we should all do Spread that. We should your all wings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, yeah. And I, but I why specifically the the Pacific Northwest? Right. You know, if if you can say anything is on a whim, that was on a whim. Mm -hmm. But my teacher did tell me that Seattle was a good place for up and coming artists and mm -hmm. and like filmmakers, directors, and just kind of. She said it in a sense, the lifestyle that I like and. uh so I was just like, okay, all right, let me see. Let me find out for myself type of thing. Uh, so I did. I hopped out. And it's, it wasn't like I was super prepared. Like, I had an apartment. I had a job in line. But I only mm -hmm. had, like, maybe between paying rent, like, $300 in my pocket. Like, on my way there. So it was like, uh, you know, all in type of thing. Um, it was like risk and faith, maybe, as Chasing Ryan would say. Yes, he would yeah. say. Uh, and I would yeah, also it, think that that's also like Seattle and Portland for your generation, man. Like that is kind of like a, a a mecca of of discovery, of self discovery. Mm -hmm. Like it I had the homies from the homies from Norman. Uh, shout out to Adverse Effects. Like they they went to Portland. And oh, I love those. Thing. I love it. Oh, I love Adverse Effects with the A E I O U track. Oh yeah. I'm saying it's like, and actually, they tried to start a lesson. They actually they did. They started lessons in Fresh Force up there, a little really? chat after everything. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, like that's, I always, that's super dope. Like I, I love that region. I've never been. It's great wine country, great weather. Amazing. Like 
uh, Malik Malachi was just talking about it on his episode two working up there. So is he okay? He was the only person, actually two people. Two people saw my apartment in Seattle that was Tulsa Bound, and that was Malachi and that was Paul Humphreys. Those are okay. the only two uh, that I kicked it with up there. And it's, yeah, everything you said, man, Seattle is just beautiful, beautiful for music. It's a beautiful place to visit. I mean, you are, you really appreciate, like, the scenery there. Like, you just wake up and you next to, you can see Mount Rainier and you can see the Puget Sound. And that's just like walking out my apartment. And mm -hmm. it's one of those where it was a great place to fall, like, flat on my ass. Like, literally. Like, I, I hit rock bottom in Seattle. And okay. if I was to hit rock bottom anywhere in the world, I'm so glad it was Seattle. Uh, because at least you got a good view. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you got some good weed. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it was an amazing experience. I learned a lot about self-discovery uh, there. I learned a lot. Uh, I really started like getting into Eastern philosophy there. I started, uh, you know, getting into meditation. I started, um, I felt like evolving into the sneak that you see today. So Seattle was necessary, like so much for my evolution and, uh, it's always a part of me, so. On the Eastern philosophies, a little two-pronged question here. What was the first that you got into? And all second one was like, which you did you find the most enriching? First question again, I'm sorry. It's like, which was the, which of the, uh, like other Eastern philosophies, which was the first thing you get into? Or did you kind of like start a couple? I think, I think Hinduism was the first uh, yeah. that I tapped into because it was the oldest. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, I was living the Hindu lifestyle for the longest and didn't really know it. Um, mm -hmm. and so when I found out, oh, you know, this is a more of a culture, uh, you know, way of life than a religion that was, we would call, call like here in, you know, America or the West, mm -hmm. uh, religion. And so I, I would say Hinduism was the first. So I kind of like, you know, studied that and I, the idea of uh, Brahman and, and oh yeah, the these. Bhagavad Gita, yeah, man, yeah, the Bhagavad Gita, Upanishads. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I it's like the, think hun the, the hundred million gods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and all of them are really just a manifestation of Brahman. So you know, I think I got the Upanishads right here. Uh, so it's one of those where that I found that very interesting. But then you find out that exact copy. I got that exact copy. Yeah, my man. See, I already knew, man. I already wow. knew. I'm uh. Wow. Uh, but when you, you know, and the more you, you know, study Hinduism and stuff, um, you see kind of how much you kind of almost have, kind of like Alan Watts said, you have to live in India to kind of mm -hmm. honestly, truly appreciate it. So right. the next one that you really, the philosophy you get into naturally would be Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Um, so Yo, that's, you look like a yogi, bro. You out there <laughs> just getting it in. Yeah. I mean, tree, just. Yeah, bro, that's the way to be, you know what I mean? Um, at one. I mean, that's the way, that's the only way to be. It's the only way it, there is. Um, and, yeah, so I, I got into that, into Chinese Taoism, into Japanese Zen. So, really, I kind of oh, yeah. study, study all three or four. Mm -hmm. um, but they're all really basically in one, and I kind of just take the best parts of each. Uh, I do Isn't think Japanese Zen is, yeah. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I was, I was gonna say, say like, like it's... <laughs> you go, you go, you go, you go, you go. <laughs> it's like it's interesting how the they kind of all have uh, similar constructs. Yeah, Taoism, Taoism, Shintoism, mm-hmm. Hinduism, Buddhism, Buddhism, mm-hmm. uh, splinter off. You can also add in Christianity, Catholicism. There's yeah. this one God. We have many things in His image. Yeah, it's like all the same thing, but it's yeah. all preaching same things. Uh, yeah, honor, respect, love, and we're gonna have a talk, man. Bro, we is because the more I've studied study Eastern philosophy, the more I realize. Western, like, I understand Christianity um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, you, it's just everything is just how you look at it. And in a sense, like, and uh, the doctrines of the East, what we know as religions, are basically just transformations of, of, of ordinary life and consciousness and mm-hmm. how you perceive things. So it's just the wording is very slight. Which is why there's such a focus in a culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And an, an appreciation for everyday life. That's why I got into Japanese. That's what I think what got me into it, honestly, was art, was the uh, Japanese art. Like, beyond anime, I'm just fascinated with uh, Japanese. I see that cowboy paintings. bebop on the, on the wall yeah, back there, bro. Yeah, cowboy bebop. You got a samurai shampoo. That's like literally Which, my favorite. Hip hop, jazz, and the philosophies mm-hmm. therein encompassed in 28 episodes of one and 28 episodes of the other beautiful stuff exactly. and and that probably was subconsciously just keep getting into me so mm-hmm. that that i was really just intrigued all the time about like like even just in these in these you know anime is like yo they're really talking about deep philosophies of of man and what is good what is evil what is what is is there a right is there a wrong um and you know where does god where do you play in this role who is you and um, so the more I like got got into Japanese art, got into uh, Eastern art, I just the culture just kind of came second nature. Man, that's the vibe, bro. That's the super vibe. I was glad. I'm glad that there's uh, like other cats and brothers, and like I hope this the what we're talking about is inspiring other people to have these conversations because like you know a lot of people explore this stuff on their own, thinking that mm-hmm. ah, I don't know if this is going to clash well. I mean, my friends will be talking about this, that, and the other. Yeah. Man, talk about this shit because it's fun. Like, shout out to Dr. Yeah. Z. Dr. Z put me on at TCC, and that's how I got into Eastern, uh, like, really? philosophy, religion, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, man. I, it's it's uh, 100%. Yeah. I, I'll tell anybody, don't don't be afraid to talk about it. <laughs> like, with people, it's, uh, like, it's very fun. It's honestly, yeah, say, it's, fun. it's fun. At the end of the I day, see. I meditate for no other reason than it is fun to do. Let me and ask that, you both uh, a question, though. Yeah, hit about me. about how old were you when you decided I want to explore other uh, spiritual practices or religions? How old do you think you were? Me personally, mm-hmm. probably like sixteen, seventeen. Okay, what about I think you, that's that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with twelve because that's like when I started getting a really cognizant look around me at the religion that I had to go to every Sunday versus like what. I made my religion every Saturday morning when I was flipping through in between classes, et cetera, and how those philosophies clash, melded together, and told different sides to the story. So that's why, like, oh my God, I'm getting puberty mentally. 
<laughs> well, I'm asking because I feel like all of us probably have that moment in our lives. I was, y'all were much younger than I was. I was 25. And I mean, mm. reading a book full of different types of religions that, you know, I was raised Catholic, but I kind of am like, well, Christianity, you know, same type of, ended up being a Lutheran, which is kind of like Catholic light, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm still very much interested in other, like one of the things I wanted to ask you, Keith, was I'm sorry, I keep calling you by your government. You you could. <laughs> you call me you. Keith. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Keith Sneak is the one in the same. You know. Chris, there I can see you smiling behind your avatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you was, um, can you tell us if you were to give um, some words of, you know, how to get started with meditation? I've, I've been doing a little bit here and there over... <laughs> the years and I think the way I would describe it to people is and I feel like it was Brand J who said this but like if you feel a negative thought approach you you just kind of try to bat it away and I'm like I'm going to use that while I'm sick <laughs> like let me bat hmm. these negative thoughts away like how would you say because to me it's hard to quiet the mind like my mind is on going like all the time so how do you quiet your mind and just get there so, you know, my true inspiration in life, I honestly want to be a Zen master. Um, I want to, I would love to open up like a, like not a dojo, but I guess a Zen monastery somewhere uh, and just chill for a few years. So that's a great question. Um, for one, I don't judge my thoughts. Mm. So to me, I, there is no real negative thought because there to me is, I think when you search for anything, like if you want to hold on to just positive, you find it impossible because you can't have positive without a negative. Um, you can't have light without dark. You can't have um, good without evil. Can't have sound without silence. So it's one of those where once you realize the duality of it or the non-duality, I should say, uh, and that they're one and the same, it's a non-judging of your thoughts. So it's letting it pass. It's listening to your thoughts as if it was music. When you just listen to music, you just listen. If you're really listening, you're not really trying to judge too hard. Just enjoying it. And that is really meditation. You, you can never quiet your mind. It's, um, it's almost, it's impossible to do. It really is. And that's actually the, the key. You're supposed to realize, oh, it's impossible to quiet my mind. And then as you do, you kind of give up. And when you give up, you find yourself meditating. But meditating is really just sitting down or whatever you're doing. You can meditate uh, standing, you can meditate walking, but it's really just being uh, in no other sense of the word being present at that very moment. Would you also relate it to like mindfulness is the way I've read a lot about mindfulness. Is it kind of similar to that? I think, I mean, the translation for meditation is a, is a bad translation. Um, contemplation could be a word you could use for. Uh, I honestly like to say just sitting. Mm -hmm. I call it zazen, which is sitting, which is sitting zen. And because when I think you get to meditating, you get to trying. When you even think of the word meditating, it's like in, in America, that, that, that has a, Save kind of look you just sitting there thinking with your brow froed and it's like no that's not meditation meditation is really just peacefully sitting 
and thoughts will come and some will be good, some will be bad. And you will get to a point where as you do it, you will start noticing a, a pattern of thoughts and that certain questions will start to, to come up within you. And then you will kind of wonder, what is this that he is even asking these questions? I feel and like you, you're, you, mm -hmm. sorry. I feel like you're reflecting an answer back to me that I've given to a lot of friends. Hmm. Who I'm very, um, I'm very strongly, uh, when, it, when it comes to like your emotions or your thoughts or your feelings, if I feel angry, allow me to feel anger. If I want to mm -hmm. cry, I want to cry. Yeah. I want to be sad. I'm going to start with the, the negatives. But if I'm happy or I'm elated or I'm super excited and passionate, oh my God, this is the best song I've ever heard. You know, allow yourself to feel those emotions. And even with tear ducts, I especially relate this to men. Most of your lives you're told, you know, dry it up, suck it up. Mm -hmm. you know, young Boys don't cry. Men don't cry. And you're not allowed to use your tear ducts. That's not fair. And so, yeah. so many times I've had certain friends who are either suppressors uh, family members, even myself, you know, you tend to suppress your emotion. And so for you to say that I don't judge my thoughts, that was almost all I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, that's exactly the same type of feeling with, with your feelings, you know, and your emotions. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, you're human. So you're going to, you know, you're going to feel those emotions. And that's, in a sense, what makes us human, you know, uh, I think you're already I'm, on your way to being a Zen master and I'm waiting for that dojo to open now. So man. I can meditate with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it will be fun. Because oh, I mean, so. I, it, you said what? <laughs> yeah. This is my type of talk. Now, man. I love, now I love time this type of conversation. For yes. the science, the science view. Ooh. Well, cause I, I, cause I, was, all right, I did my time. I did my time in the university, but, uh, my, my cell was psychology, uh, hmm. which why I did like philosophy, then like, um, religions of the world, East and West kind of thing. And I remember one of my professors, and I think this was in social psychology. No, no, this was physiological psychology, but we were talking about mine, but we had a brief moment talking about like describing what thoughts come to you when you're sitting alone in a room and of course all of us say you mean meditation kind of thing he's like yeah call it whatever you want you know what i'm saying uh but he, he's like anecdote i did this study at a college that i worked at i think it was like either indiana or illinois something like that and he said uh, about 40 percent of the class and the first thing that came to them was a devil i'll never forget that wow really so like so whenever ali shaw said that like you know, like when brand like when she made the anecdote that and brand j was like if, if negative feelings come blah 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 but then you think about those stories of creationism of spirituality where that force of darkness what is the best time that they wait for to come to you when you're alone when you're still when, when you're, you're trying alone. to be still and you let me say That's the best thing. Yeah, you. not to wow, interrupt you right? just briefly mm. but in my meditation mm. practice, that's kind of what happened. And then I started, my favorite time was the time that I saw an eagle. <laughs> like it was looking directly into my soul. I was like, what the heck is this eagle doing here? But it was so mm. real. 
Yeah. And I remember like reading about the symbolism of it and I can't remember exactly what it meant, but it was definitely like a turning point for me. It's when I started to feel like I'm doing it. I'm meditating. I'm doing it right. <laughs> I didn't see the, I didn't see the devil, but I focused on my heartbeat. And for some reason in big prismatic letters, I kept spelling the word quiet, just like hmm. without, just without. It was just like dark and all of a sudden in big blue prismatic letters, just quiet. And that was the only thing that kept repeating. And I was just trying to like let that thought go and keep going and just being. And then that came back. Um, keeping the windows open, I thought is a nice touch for those moments of stillness. Let all that sound surround you. And then for some reason it helped me focus. Zone in. Yeah. Wow. We're talking meditation. Yeah. Meditation with Keith the Sneak. With Sneak. <laughs> well, it's Sneak crazy you said that people's first thing that come to mind is the devil. I wouldn't think of that. But Yeah, a, I was like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Eastern philosophy, though, they well, some, or at least I hear from Alan Watts, he that, you know, who who do you who do you think the devil is? Is who he would ask you. In a in a very like <laughs> a funny way. Like who who do you think the devil is? So in a way you could be correct. Um, but it's one of those where I think people have, well, not people realize that, you know, you won't physically be harmed by mm. sitting and meditating down in a room at night or in the daytime or in, at whatever time, like you'll be okay. Mm. In a sense, like uh, your body will be okay. And, you know, letting people understand that, you're going to feel good thoughts at times. You're going to feel bad thoughts at times. Um, and that is okay because you're human. And you have to understand that if you want to start vibrating in a sense of a higher level and say, well, I only want good thoughts. Well, of course that can't happen. So the way you can do is just transform your view of negative thoughts and of negative things. And you just can do be. And just be. Just and, and, and most people, I think, just struggle with who they really are. Hell yeah. Don't nobody want to be locked alone with their own thoughts in 2020. Ex so when you get down and to you need to be, <laughs> and you need to be, that, you need to be able to like Rick and Morty, pull that person outside of yeah. your body and deal with that person. Exactly. And people don't really want to face that. And, and when you get down to who you are, it's i mean i can really keep talking about that like that's yeah that that is eastern philosophy the whole figuring out who you are well um, and i just think that that's what this year is about it's meant to give us clearer vision did y'all really think 2020 was gonna be easy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. hell yes I Facts. Sure. <laughs> that's what Actually, I'm so far so good i thought i thought it was gonna be really great i had a very huge misconception of what 2020 was going to be and now uh, I had uh the universe of Cairo. I had visions man. of Cairo man the universe, Honey. the universe was like uh -uh. well we can't make this easy let's let me show you what it's really going to be so that you That's can true. be stronger and move forward okay well yeah. let's move, let's let's move along because we're talking about 88 music of course yeah, 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 our yeah. guy Jake Beeson who did the artwork on that oh yeah shout out Woo. to Jake you know what shout out to Jake because it took me, I was so broke. It took me like a year to pay him. And I don't know why it took me a year to pay him because I had the money and then I had to move. 
And yeah. he never said a word. And I gave him that money, I think, in some extra. And I, like a year later, and told him, man, I'm sorry. And he's so cool, Jake man. Beeson had my comics for two years, okay? Don't you have any sympathy for that, <laughs> brother, man? Why <laughs> you put Beeson out there like that, man? Beeson had my old man Logan, like, for a night. <laughs> for a hot minute, man. That Yo, that's... Like, a good run before the movie came out. Yeah, you, nah, can't, you, can't, you can't keep a brother's comics, though, you know. Hey, hey, shout out from to a, Beeson, though. From a blur to a blur, you can't, you can't, can't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> man. Hey, shout out to Beeson, though, man. Beeson is like the one-man army a of he's a No legend. Limit Army. He's like, the no, he's like the No Limit Army cover guy. He just, just think, kept popping them out. I honestly <laughs> think that I think whoever becomes mayor, hopefully Greg, should, should in charge Jake Beeson to just graffiti the highway. The size of the highway. Yo. Just let them. No, I'm just seriously. Let them do no, it. No, I was, I was going to say, I don't know who was that did the Obama. You remember the Obama poster where it was like red and gray? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm like, they should just have him do. Dude, just throwing uh, it out there. Shout out to the homie Nathan Price, man. He popped out some really, really, really good ones. Nathan. Uh, yeah, Nathan. From uh, uh, Broncho, the drummer from Broncho. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did like a bunch of portraits for him, man. They're super fly. Okay, so Sneak, we've got 88 Music. And mm -hmm. we got to talk about this battle rap that you did. And oh. this is what? School of Thought? And I didn't realize. Yeah, had so, like a, so they had a, a Tulsa version. I didn't realize. Yeah. I always thought that was an Oklahoma City thing. I, I wasn't at this particular battle, but I do remember watching the video. And I got to watch the replay of it again the other day. Shout out to Dez Got C. She said that was her actual birthday that night. It was the first time she made a solo trip to Tulsa. <laughs> what? Hey, yeah. she was in the house? Okay. She remembered it. I was talking to her about it. And I was like, yo. She, and before I could even get it out of my mouth, like, he killed that dude in the first round. She goes, he murdered him. He murdered that <laughs> She said, I fell in love with Sneak that night. He's so tough. Oh, my God. You know? But I, yeah. somebody was like, well, I guess CD was like, what's what's your favorite part of it or whatever? I'm like, dude, get the first round. Use audio from the first round because he, I was like, there's no need for two more rounds. He's yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that he, was a He tried to a good take experience. charge of headaches soul at that point. He was like, okay, you came with the gun rap, clap, clap. Yeah. Well, let me hit you. Let me make you think about this while you're brushing your teeth later. Yeah, facts. And that's, and that's really what I wanted to do, is just make them have something to think on the car ride home. Just uh, think about, and other people to think about as well. And why are you on this stage, in a sense, you know? Yeah. I always, that was a very zen thing to do before I even got into heavy. Like, that was, like, to flip it on you, on a sense, to be like, uh, you know, and it was a little loaded Lux influence because he just was was killing stuff at the time. But yeah, man, that that battle was uh, was a toss a highlight, low key. And uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a good battle. And Headache actually was he wasn't like weak by any means. He was, no, not he, at all. He came with some bars, so it was just one of those where uh, it was just a great battle. It, it was, was a great battle, but I it did was my an thing. excellent battle, like. Yeah. Shout out to Headache. I don't know him personally, but I'm yeah, like, I don't want to yeah. diminish him at all. Like, it, yeah, it nah, was he, such a great he, battle. Yeah, he gave it. It was just two different styles. It was, yeah. it was really like, in a sense, the thug versus the town. Um, 
you know, Thug Town versus the town. And, you know, we the town now, so town, town, town. Let's go, boy. I can't comprehend how all your opponents just let this slide. I mean, the fact that you have something that resides on your face that doesn't belong on the guy. My nigga, you got on more rings than a motherfucking bride. Either you a gangster or a bitch, but you can't play both sides. Listen, yeah. ain't you supposed to be a thug, nigga? From the thug, nigga? Pop slugs and any nigga in the club that wanna fuck with you? Yeah. Ain't that you, killer? Talk like you the real hitter? But like the worst shit I seen on my little sister? <laughs> you probably in the closet with some heels or bra wig taking still pictures on some pill prescriptions cause your bars ain't ill to niggas. I bet you think your eyebrows on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I always find it odd when people lie about who they be. Nigga, you a walrus with two feet, a carcass with too much meat, disgusting. One of them niggas who like to talk when he eat. I bet you ain't got shit to say cause you already ate your lyrics. <laughs> a greedy fuck, a greedy fuck who used to pack his lunch, still stood in line on a train with a nigga. Right. I can't figure, somebody, get this guy a fucking Snickers, or give him a break like Kit Kat, your click whack, this a mismatch like T-Mac on six shacks, six oh, raps. Yeah. Fuck a headache, you get HIV if I spit facts, if you unlet it, then I've been diesel like pitch black, that's too fast. Mm. Furious, cold, stay in your lane. Why make you drive that last ride Paul Walker Road? I just wanna know. Yeah. Why every bar you spit relates to guns and clips? I mean, like your braids, shit, that was cool in 06, but I mean, we progressed to different shit. Ain't you here, Spence? I'm pissed. Y'all must be joking. If he a headache, then I'll be broken. Somebody call the doctor, tell him get the IVs going. Go yeah. need more surgeons in God's hands to double tap like an IG posting. This yeah. is not competition. Couldn't challenge me in any dimension. This is Ali against listing, except your crown is missing. Ooh. So I settle for the fan base you've extended. If it's any, bitch nigga, Moogie Crow. So we know that you left for Seattle not long after 88 Music. Mm -hmm. um so and then you you stay how you were in seattle for how many years a couple uh about three and a half okay. no no i'm sorry about three years about three years sorry okay yeah, three. Yeah. and so what was tulsa like when you left compared to when you came back like how much had it was there a, a growth question. there like there was an amazing growth i left before the i left one month before the very first world culture music fest and when I came back, they was about to do their fourth. And there were so many people on the scene. I had no idea who these people were. Uh, I could feel the energy. The energy was more uh, prevalent. I could feel it was more vibrant. Like, oh, okay. Like, uh, I had left, like, it's almost kind of what Tone always speak about. And he says, he said, I almost left my city. Y'all almost made me leave my city. I was one of those where I never had to hear anybody tell me to leave my city. I, I wanted to go. I was adventurous. I wanted to see what was outside. But I can even say I always knew Tulsa would – I had faith in my city. Like, I knew we had the illest talent. And when I went to Seattle, it kind of confirmed it for me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, they're not as ill as we are home. And then when I came back, it even, like, triple confirmed it, double confirmed it. Like, oh, okay. Um, but I don't necessarily think I was missing out because I needed that time. And, but when I came back, Tulsa was a, to me a completely different scene. Like 
beyond there was more venues uh, on a tangible. There were more artists. There were more sounds. There were more young artists. There were there were there were more established artists. I'm so, I'm talking about people coming out uh, on multiple platforms. People with fan bases. Uh, people I had no idea about. Young people. I'm talking under 25. So I'm like 24, and I'm like, okay, uh, let me get back in the mix. And so how did you kind of start reintegrating yourself back into the scene? Like, what did you first start doing? Really, I started uh, <sighs> grabbing a camera and walking around. I'm finna say, big. it's like the first time I saw you since you've been back. Like, I never saw you without your camera since you've been back. Yeah. Like, not at all. That was the, that was the move. It was like, all right. Uh, I either got to... I gotta make some shape. Like I'm, I mean, and even if they didn't know who I was, they liked my energy. And so, just being with a camera, just walking around, like you know, it's gonna be like it's gonna get you work. It's gonna get people to holler at you. And that's to anybody that's is inspiring, that's just thinking about, man, I don't, I don't got the right equipment. All I got is this seven, you know, this little Canon with a standard. Like, bro, just get out there and and go. Like, you'll be so surprised. Well, just like Seattle taught me anything, walking around with a camera will get you almost anywhere for free. Mm. That's a gym. That's a gym right there. You can almost get in anywhere for free with a camera. Hey, and a also, if also if you have another person and you're carrying a ladder, they'll just think you're yeah. doing work. Yeah, facts. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't tell me y'all out here making fake press passes too, because <laughs> I mean you had to do what you have to do sometimes. No, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, I'm, I've been on the other side, you know, I'm from the media, but I, I've seen and I respect those people that, that kind of grind in their hustle because they know. We know a few more of those people here in the town that have done that kind of thing. And I'm like, I remember being like, yeah, I remember when before you had an official press pass, like you did it, you're doing it now, you know? So what, what would you say inspires you um, as a filmmaker, like what are the, the kind of things that you're looking for and, and what kind of uh, current projects are you working on as well? I'm definitely inspired by uh, Japanese cinema, <laughs> I mean, Asian cinema, uh, in the sense of, uh, and, 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 and black cinema, like uh, those combinations is what I'm, I'm usually entangling. Um, what is your favorite Japanese film? Non-animated. Yo, Jimbo. All right. Nice. That final scene in Yo, Jimbo. No, that's Sanjuro. That's Sanjuro. But Yo, okay. Jimbo is a better film. Okay. Sanjuro is the sequel. And it has the last scene is one of the right. most beautiful things I've ever seen in cinema, like, especially knowing what year that was made, I'm, I'm absolutely like astonished. And those two are like basically Japanese Westerns and, right. and you know, uh, Kira Kurosawa is like top dog, Spike Lee, and Spike Lee put me onto him, honestly. Okay. Uh, in the interview that he was talking about directors, that you need to know and he was he was saying how you should you should watch a few of his movies and he was like uh uh seven samurai seven samurai yep uh, ron yeah ron is like one of the most beautiful uses of color i think i've ever seen yep. in cinema uh hidden fortress honestly is what sparked star wars 
It's what people need to understand. That sparks Star Wars. Y'all better get the Criterion Collection and get to get up on this shit, cause like so, like Japanese culture, like like not even Japanese. I'm sorry, like Asian culture has so like effect on so much stuff, uh, and oh, it yeah. just just turns back around. But that inspires me. Uh, and Spike Lee probably is like in black cinema. Like I, that's why I do everything a sneak joint because uh, I grew up watching Spike films. I grew up I, literally late I, night watching. Uh, Watching Spike, watching movies I shouldn't have watched, like Girl Six. I should not have been watching Girl Six. Yeah, at, uh, I've often you know, 14, wondered 15. if that was a tribute to Spike because when you did the sneak yeah. joint, yeah, I've yeah, often yeah. That's that's definitely from uh from uh Spike, and I like I haven't seen all of his films, and I'm embarrassed at uh, the amount of black films I haven't seen um, for a black director. But uh, those definitely keep me going, and I just kind of use that combination. And sometimes I even use anime as well uh, for, like, certain dramatic effects. Yeah, let me tell you all real quick to our listeners. I've had to mute my mic for, I don't know, several <laughs> times throughout this right now because they are – I love to watch you all nerd out just for a minute because <laughs> you're I saying – I could do Japanese films yeah. in that era all day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm over I'm here missing a few from uh like like a care that I miss like I'm just can't even think at the moment. Um and then that I'm not even getting into like the kung fu if you want to go that route. Um, oh man. Listen. From, so, from Sonny Chiba the Shaw brothers, I got you covered, brother. <laughs> my man. Oh, my, my man. Yeah, listen, like, we we need to do a whole episode where we, this is all you guys talk about because I, no, my, my, the stuff I know is very basic. Like I was gonna ask you what you thought about Parasite and how about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Dragon, House of Daggers, <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, like I, I'm real basic when it comes to. Nah, it's I, I like Korean I mean, films on the come up. Korean, yeah, Korean, those, especially Korean horror. Korean horror is always not. I'm, I'm actually not huge into Korean films or like. Though I have Crunchyroll and I'm tempted sometimes to look at like some of the Japanese and Korean like dramas, I don't do it. <laughs> I, I, I can't do the dramas. That. The dramas are too melodramatic. I yeah, guess. they're too, they're too, a little too much. But if you even watch some of the non-samurai stuff from uh, uh, Toshiro, I, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Manufe or Manif, um, who was like the main actor yeah. in Kurosawa's most of his films. He played that. He was just so talented. He could play the comedic role. He could play the, the smooth Den. He was Denzel, basically, or not even that. He was, I can't even, no, that's, that's, that's disrespecting. I, I ain't even joking. He's literally. He's like, like James Dean Denzel. He's literally, yeah. Random. He's like with, with John, uh, uh, who's that Western dude? Oh, hey, Sonny. John, John Wayne? Wayne? John Wayne, all of them. You he's did really Hey Sonny for John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, insert the Chuck. Falling in my grave, Pilgrim. Most of my girls don't appear on those stamps. Mother, I'm gonna be honest. Westerns I love as well. Uh, I know this is a long answer to your question. Westerns I love as well. My dad made me uh, just watch a bunch of westerns as a kid. Uh, So that is actually I will be my masterpiece. I want to do as a as a black western uh, and filmed in Oklahoma. but I am currently working on a few things. I am, uh, I was earlier, I was editing the FIBA uh, documentary. Uh, I was, I'm a part of, uh, I'll be doing some work with uh, Kojo uh, for his campaign. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, I'm in talks with helping Greg out as well. 
Uh, I'm helping out my man St. Don with a few things. Me and him got some stuff we cooking up. Actually, me, him, Paige, and Cody got some things cooking up. And Very nice. Yeah. Hey, and uh, Yeah, and I got something with Chris I'm doing as well. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't know how much I can speak on that, so I don't. I yeah. want some stuff. Yeah, so I'm 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 a busy man these days. Clearly, well, let's get back into we're speaking of the Asian influence. Clearly, is something that is a part of your art, a part of your work that you do on the music side of things. Mm-hmm. So we've got in 2020, you have dropped Ninja Scroll, mm-hmm. and now here comes Dojo. Dojo. Yo, so first of all, let's start with Ninja Scroll. You you worked on this project with DJ No Name. Yes. This yes. is a Shout three track three track EP. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh dude, it was so refreshing <laughs> to Thank hear you. that. I can't even tell you. Thank I was you. ready for that. Thank you. Uh Gary Van, he he's just amazing. Like he literally sent sent them over and I was like, yo, these is fire. Let's uh I cook like I think the whole process took less than two weeks, and that's like really how I like to work really quick. So mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, like "One for All" is probably one of the best songs I think I've ever made, and uh, definitely my, one of my favorite songs up to date. Um, one for all, I wonder what that's based off. Yeah, of. you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> nerd stuff, day for sure. Actually, if you're really wondering, man, it's uh, right there. It there. is. It's Mikey right there. Yeah, see, it's, 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 I'm not new to this. I'm true. Tell, tell us, what you just tell everyone what you just showed us. I just showed <laughs> a poster on the wall. I have two of them of uh, My Hero Academia, which is uh, one of my favorite new animes. Um, I was late. I was late to the game on that. I caught it episode three, sir. I uh, was one of those where I was in Seattle. I was like, yo, what is this? And because I saw the superhero thing becoming like a new thing. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about superheroes and anime. But hey, I love it. I'm loving it. Um, so, main so character is just. Hmm? Oh no, sorry. I didn't want to. No, I was going to say, I just kind of fell in love with the main character first episode, and I was just like, this is my that show. That's it. Yeah. And so we one have, for All came from that. That's the track. That's the track. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's one that I want to keep on repeat. Like when yeah. I get into a track like that, I just yeah. want to hear it over and if you over. know, And if you know the anime, it makes it even much better because you just, you kind of get references. Small clearly, references. You get the small references. Uh, now, now I need to go watch because you guys yeah. are going to have to initiate me into the anime world. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I need well, to watch more so I'll understand what Honestly, if you watch that one, you would actually get most of the references in the first like three episodes. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> legit first th- three to five episodes. But uh, yeah. So, yeah. so talk to us some more about Dojo. I, I, we got an opportunity to get a, a preview of the album, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to say off top, let's see, Spirit awesome. Bomb is definitely for the ladies. And if you, mm-hmm. let me just say, it was very reminiscent of, it made me think of Common's uh, Faithful track. Really? Wow. Yeah, That's just, like one of my that- favorite songs ever. There's a B vibe to this whole, to, to Dojo. There's a whole, yeah. There's a yeah, it is a, it is a, it is a, definitely a, like a, a B-side album, um, in a sense, like to prepare you for the, for the main, um, uh, Spirit Bomb is probably one of my favorite tracks on there. It's actually a sequel to the track that's on Strictly For My Ninjas, which is called Spirit Gun. They're both named after anime, uh, finishing moves one is from Yu Yu Hakusho one is from Dragon Ball Z 
Um, but I'm flipping both classic. of them. Classic. Um, shows is a classic. Yeah. Uh, I am not trying to nerd out on purpose, I promise you. <laughs> nerd just, out hey. all you want. <laughs> uh, you got us in the same chat room. This was bound to freaking happen. <laughs> it was bound to happen. I know. I'm like, I'm uh, just observing. I love it. Yeah. And uh, I got my man Dom on there. He uh, he blessed me with one. Um, and Saran. Man, Saran killed that, man. Killed that's that yo, man. Oh, my killed God. I was verse, like, best verse man. of the album? How did you do me like that, what's man? The, like, what's the full title to that? It's uh, something Struggle. Uh, the Struggle. It's just The, the struggle. struggle. Yeah, yeah. The Struggle yo. features Saran the Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how yeah, he is. He's honestly, in my opinion, the Andre 3K of Tulsa. I oh, I, I I agree with that. He yes. can drop one verse a year if you ask me. Live from the dojo. Damn, some gotta shake today. I mean, damn, nigga got bills to pay. I mean, damn, I'm already hella late. I mean, damn, guess it's back to moving weight. I mean, damn, I don't got no fucks to give. I mean, damn, I'm just trying to do it big. I mean, damn, why I gotta live like this? Damn, guess it's back to hitting licks. I don't know what I did to deserve this. Made a few wrong turns, finding my purpose. I'ma get rich or die trying like Curtis. I'ma drip my bitch Balenciaga and her mess. I don't give a fuck what you niggas is on, man. I ain't gon' stop till all my niggas is on, man. Left my city, finally came back to my homeland. A1 forever, still solid like Stonehenge. I like them real thick, I hope she eating a cornbread. Better be cautious, pull out what bro said. Took that advice, ran with it like hope, man. Like you can be a dope fiend and you can be the dope man. That's an easy choice you ever sent to the store, man. Got the shit to get you real high for the low, man. Hit it from the back, I got a curl in the toes, man. Roll up a blunt and keep burning the soul, man. Damn, something gotta shake today, I mean, damn. Nigga got bills to pay, I mean, damn. I'm already hella late, I mean, damn. Guess it's back to moving weight, I mean, damn. I don't got no fucks to give, I mean, damn. I'm just trying to do it big, I mean, damn. Why I gotta live like this? He, I, no cap, I, I had thanked him this week. Uh, last week, I, my, I, my grandpa, we, I buried my grandpa. And I played mm. his song with Ron Ron and Medicine oh. probably five to ten times in the Which, car. The, uh, what's the uh, name of the track? Uh, Dreams, I think. I uh, just tweeted about that. I just tweeted and I was talking about Medicine's vocals. First of all, man, I said he has the was... absolute voice of an angel. <sighs> I mean, gorgeous. And then, just, but all all around, like Ron, Ron, Ron or Two Feathers is what we're Two Feathers, about. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two Saran, the, the whole track is amazing. I love yeah. that song. Yeah. Love it. It was, it was uh, definitely one of those I was just like, man, and Saran just killed it. Me and him actually got a couple tracks in the tuck, and we, we, we got works where we talk. We talking about a tape. I'm just... I'll, mm -hmm. I'll say it on here, so that'll get them pushing too. Me Let me get a feature. We, oh man, it's already. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's there. It's well, there. Speaking of, uh, we did have a chance to work with each other uh, on a couple of different ditties at the uh, Greenwood Cultural Center uh, oh, for the taping okay. of this this Fila masterpiece is coming out. Yes, um, yes. But it was a good experience to be in there with you cats. What Bambi, Bambi hooked up this chorus. His hook was his fire. Yo. Man. Yo, so I, being, honestly, being a part of Fila, like, the whole, uh, being part of it as a, like, from the film side and getting a spit or two, because I got to spit one with Saran as well. 
uh, with me, he, me, him, uh, Fooly, Fooly, uh, and uh, Medicine was in on it as well. God, I can't mm-hmm. think of who. Uh, Damien, Damien Shades. So uh, I heard about it was this pro- one. It uh, raw, like he, it was just literally. That's the name of the song. It's raw, and I just walked in the room. I remember I had my camera. It's like the mansion, third day. I'm tired. It's probably like 2.33 a.m. Walk in, people passed out on the ground, and I'm just, I just hear this beat, and I just hear Saran on it. Just like he literally just finished and just, and just, and I go raw. I'm so raw. And I'm just, I'm listening to it. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And I'm looking around like, yo, who's, who's next? <laughs> and then nobody kind of moved. Man, I hopped up so fast, like, yo, let me, I got it. Let me get a quick, quick eight. And, uh, like, that was my first time rapping, like, the whole weekend. And it was just, like, to rap with Saran was just perfect, like, perfect, like, that's, that's the guy. Saran the seventh. Saran the seventh. I'm telling you, Saran the seventh. That's my guy. That's my guy. Most underrated in the town, if you ask me. I want to shift gears just for a minute. I know we were we're going to get more into the Philosh sessions, but you've made several lyrical, you know, reference several times to psychedelics in some of your music. Can you, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on psychedelics and as, as a spiritual or creative tool? I think I would say about psychedelics, be careful. First of all, that is my warning. That is my me being a responsible uh, person by saying be careful with psychedelics you should know who you are you should do some research on them um, but I think it can be an absolute amazing tool not just for creativity in the sense of um, art or you know writing or poetry or painting but just in a sense of like philosophy, just thinking, just in a sense of understanding who you are, self-discovery. Um, I think it can be used in many formats as medicinal. Um, I know for a fact it can help with uh, drug addiction. Um, it can help uh, people deal with uh, uh, certain levels of anxiety. And I just think that you have to be able to use it responsibly and that I have gotten to a point where I was in Seattle where it was decriminalized. So it was very easy to find. We talking about mushrooms. We talking about DMT. What are we talking about? We're talking about both. When I was in Seattle, I was, I'm, I'm speaking mainly about mushrooms when I'm speaking in my raps. Psilocybin um, mushroom. Say it again. You say psilocybin mushroom. Yes. Um, gold caps. Uh, I've never really had like, like a penis envy or like a, like a big strain like that. Um, but yeah, usually mushrooms sometime, uh, you know, LSD, uh, though I haven't done LSD in a while, but I did get to try DMT when I was in Seattle. Uh, it was a very profound experience. And it was uh, a bit of a displacement, little time displacement thing. It's like 15 minutes feels like an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. And when you hit it immediately, and this is me speaking to a few people, you own it. You honestly, the moment you hit it, time stops, like in the sense of what you perceive as time. And you feel like you're about to die. 
And I mean that in no other words, but you feel like you're about to die. But it happens probably less than a second. And then you feel okay. And then reality is 100% different uh, to the point where you're forced to close your eyes. And when you close your eyes, that is, in a sense, the real trip. And um, I honestly, I don't mind saying what I saw. I saw like a squid kind of thing, like giving birth. It was uh, very beautiful and had no idea what it meant. And um, there's a dream book. I'm going to text it to you later. Uh, I'm going to message it to you. But there's a dream book that uh, I used in a couple of different psychologies, uh, psychology experiments, but I think goes kind of hand in hand with kind of like interpreting what our subconscious is perceiving while we mm. unravel or unwind. Because squid giving birth, I got to look that up. I got to look that up now. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, curious I, as well. I will say that mushrooms are probably the beginner stage for anybody interested. And if you always learn something, every time I trip, I, uh, it's, it's, I've never really in a sense had a bad trip. Uh, even if you have a, what they call a bad, what they perceive as a bad trip, you might not just like it at the big time. It's just, it was always a something that I wanted to do and I just didn't do it. That's what made it bad. Like so I might have, have you ever seen that documentary on Netflix called have a good trip? No, I have not. You need to watch it. It's something on, on uh, psychedelics and it's a lot of different celebrities included in it. So I watched it because I'm like, I'm curious. I've, I've done nothing, you know, hardly anything really. And I'm like, well, okay, tell me more about it. So I'm glad that you led with be safe, know yeah. who you are, because that's essentially what they do in the documentary is like, if you struggle with any kind of like emotional issues or mental health or whatever, like, First of all, make sure you're in a good mind state. Second of all, mm -hmm. surround yourself. If you're going to do it with other people, mm -hmm. make sure you're with people who really truly care about you, that they're not going to mess with you when you're on your trip, if you will. Um, yeah. You know, and that's really what I got from it. And it kind of made me less afraid, I would say, because, you know, my, in my life, I'm like, I'm good. I, no, I don't think I need to ever try anything like that. Like, it made me think of something that my parents would be doing at Woodstock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but I learned a lot by watching the documentary. So make sure you check it out for sure. I will. It's um, uh, yeah, mushrooms are are fun, but they should be used responsibly. I think they're it's definitely a mystical experience. It definitely can be sacred. I definitely don't recommend just taking it and watching a movie. I don't know what Doc's doing over there on his screen. He has the laser pointing at his face. <laughs> I need video of this, please. CD, what no is skip. he doing? Please save this. Please this save this. This is hilarious. Oh, oh he's gosh. tripping. Yeah, he got the trippy effects. I love it. <laughs> See something like that while you're tripping? Oh my God. That was, yeah, that was, I'm sure that would be a real that trip would, for real. Yeah, that would freak you out. That, like in a good way though. Like. Okay, yeah, so look. I, we need to kind of move forward a little bit. I yeah. want to circle back to the Fire and Little mm -hmm. Africa sessions because like you said, not only were you a rapper participating in that way, but you were part of the film crew as well. So you've got a completely yeah. different perspective. So can you talk a little more about that? Especially, we really want to hear about your experience at the Skyline Mansion. Yes. Um, my experience as the uh, peanut butter film crew for one, 
was uh, it was just an honor to to be on it and to be around like all this dope talent. And I didn't know about half of the people there at first. Like I knew all the tallest people for the most part, um, but like a lot of the OKC people I didn't know. And uh, the mansion is a lot smaller than you know the cultural center, so it was uh, a lot more you know tight packed. And I mean, there was just so much going in every single room. Uh, and every room was a vibe. Uh, I just, I really had like so much newfound respect for people. Like just even going down like in the dungeon where like Tone and Papa and Jimmy was and, and, and Grand was and just, and just seeing like, yo, they're literally down here all day. Um, and, and not moving. Like they're, 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 they're pumping out. Like every time I go down, there's a new song. Um, and, you know, just to see how different people were. Like some people were like, Hakeem mm -hmm. were just floating. And it was just like, okay, now nah, he, he uh, I'm gonna hop in this room, then now nah, I'm gonna go hop in this room, then now nah, I'm gonna hop in this room. And to talk to, I remember even talking to Hakeem because I had just, I didn't even hear anything he'd done. I had just heard other people talking about what he was doing. And it was just one of those where I'm like, yo, I'm hearing great things about you. And so I was, I'm getting it from like this weird bird eyes perspective. Cause I'm getting to hear like the, 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 the gossip in and out the rooms. I'm getting to hear some of the tracks and I'm also getting to hear like the personal thoughts and reactions in real time of these artists. Um, so it was a really like amazing experience, like to say the least. Uh, probably my favorite part. One of my favorite parts was uh, we were in the room uh, filming the, I think you were, you were in the room as well. We were doing a skit and had to be like 15, 20 of us in that room, maybe. Um, with Dom just leading the way. And, uh, oh man, that's my favorite yeah. moment. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. That's that, that was just like, it was one of those where I'm holding the camera and I'm yelling like at <laughs> the same time, you know what I mean? And, and it's just like, yo, this is history we're making right here. And like, uh, did you get goosebumps yeah. at all? Because I totally did. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. It was, uh, I got goosebumps, hair sticking up. It was one of those moments where you just, you absolutely, for one, I felt dope because I had made the album. I felt like by screaming, like you can hear my scream right there. If you listen, um, hard enough, but, uh, definitely, definitely just for what we were doing, like, like the meaning behind the screams and, yeah. and the pain and how, and, you know, some of us were, you know, yelling out, you know, not, you know, things we wouldn't want to say on the podcast, you know, so. We can say whatever we want on the podcast, we, but we don't uh, want to uh, share okay. anything from the album. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we've had, we've had very, uh, what the fuck is he talking about? about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, it was a very powerful moment. And um, I, I, I will always, I, I see St. Dominic in a completely different light now. The way you are as an artist, you're a rapper and you're a filmmaker, okay? Now I get why Dom makes these, I'm gonna call them visual albums. I get, I just, I, it clicked into place that it was like a missing piece to the puzzle and I saw it in action and I was like, I wish I could be at every single session he ever records because I, th I think I think Dom is a future more than just such a talented artist and like the 
you know, the leader of this wave. Uh, I think he's a director in his future. I think he's a producer as well. Like, because uh, he does, he's so hands-on. I've never, like, worked with people who is, like, as an artist who is this hands-on about what he wants uh, yeah. and how he wants to look. And to me, that's just a type of consciousness that a director, a director or producer has. He so, knows what he wants. He knows the yeah. outcome. So yeah. speaking of our Tulsa family, what, what does everything is us mean to you? Everything is us. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I know what it means to me in the sense of like what the movement means uh, as us coming together and moving as a unit, as us helping everybody help each other, building each other uh, up, uh, helping each other resources out, helping each other spiritually, financially, uh, emotionally, um, and everything we do is us. Like, and that means everything you see now has been like this tree started from roots and it's we've been watering those since it was roots everybody been taking their turns been digging dirt been 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 taking charge and 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 building up Tulsa to become this beautiful tree uh so that the world can appreciate so that's when I really think everything is us is uh, in that sense. If I'm honestly going to take you into a Eastern philosophy way, it really is everything is me. And by me, I mean me as in the eternity of everything, as in there is no separation between you and I. Uh, the metachlorians are what bind us to the fourth young Padwan. Yes, yes. But that's me getting zen on you. But everything is us definitely is uh it's 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 in you, not on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a you, you you if you doing it, it's almost it's tough to even explain because you're doing it, you know. We like man, I think Don made a post about it. He's like, Man, I've been buying black for like thirty two days straight. Like that type of energy, like we're we're we we're rebuilding black wall street mentally Mm -hmm. and that's the first step yes and that is everything is us and it's 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 a mentality it's a process it's an energy is really what it is so it you can honestly call it whatever but the energy that what that everything is us is i think we keep that energy moving and going and show, keep showing this next generation, it'll just keep building. It'll keep snowballing. And it'll keep in it. And we'll be able to really take the city back out the right way. For sure. Yeah. I keep thinking about, we're, we're talking about that moment at the mansion and how it mm. almost felt as if we had been transported back in time a little bit, maybe. I'm like, it feels like 1921 yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was somewhere else. That's why I was having these goosebumps. And I'm like, is, are, there, are there others here with us right now? It feels like there are others here with us. And I want to say that I think, I like to think um, that the people who lost their lives that day, mm-hmm. um, 
I, I like to think that their spirit are, are present. And I think yeah. that they would be very proud to see yeah. what their children, their grandchildren are, have accomplished and are doing and working on circulating the dollar again. And green, it's yeah. more than just Greenwood Avenue. Yeah, you know? 100%. We've talked about that before, how Black Wall Street is actually all over the city. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be in other state. physical locations. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, like <laughs> everything you said is correct. And when I was in Seattle, I made it a like a poignant fact for every show to start off my show by saying who I was and where I was from. And I would even be surprised at some places I would perform at people who knowing about Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Uh, and that even made me proud. And so, the, so when did you first hear about the, the race massacre? You know what? So I didn't pay attention in middle school, so I must have missed the lesson, lesson, when it, lesson, lesson when they taught it in Carver. Uh, so I didn't hear about it until like my freshman, freshman, sophomore year at Booker T. Um, and I was astounded because I was living off of Black Wall Street in a sense, like, uh, like two, two or three blocks from it. I was walking this Carver every day when I was in middle school on Black Wall Street. Uh, and I didn't know nothing like really about it until like my freshman year. So, uh, but I, I guess I was like 14, 15. So they for sure taught that at Carver? They didn't teach it in the class, but we had certain teachers who were hip, like Miss Zahir and Miss, you know, certain uh, teachers would slip it through and they, and they would uh, let us know during uh, Black History Month. But I was one of those students where I was, I always got good grades, but I studied at my own level. I was just one of those. So you could be teaching and I could be reading Harry Potter and I've learned this later. That's or I had already learned it. You know what I mean? Uh, so that could have easily been me zoning out. I wanted to ask you earlier when you, we were talking about the, um, the spirit bomb track and I was saying how it reminded me of Commons Faithful. Mm-hmm. What kind of influence did your parents kind of have? And I see a very strong bond between yeah. you guys. And yeah. I, I have such a huge regret because I was asked to play your dad's 50th birthday party. And it's like, yeah. it was one of those, like, I, I didn't catch back up. I didn't. No, I was it, so it, busy during that you, time. And anyway. It's okay. It is okay. I promise I know, you. I just really wanted to play that party. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I want to just say, like, can you kind of explain, like, the bond between you and your mom and dad and family? And Man, I think family, I learned that in Seattle. I was like, man, family is like everything or is nothing in a sense. Like, it could, uh, but for me, it's everything. And my bond I have with my parents is, uh, is not, not just my parents, my whole family is special, uh, to me at least. And I get a lot of stuff from my dad and even though when we were younger we might have like had our wrists uh you know in times where we didn't speak to each other but like I can say like a lot of wisdom I have and a lot of like flavor I get from him and the artsy stuff I get from him even though he wasn't a huge artist now but when he was younger he would uh so I, I know I get that from him and I'm getting like a lot of my sensitivity uh, from my mom because <laughs> I'm like a big sensitive guy uh, it's not big at all but I'm a sensitive guy and uh, I definitely get that sign, from my mom what's your sign bud? what's your sign? I'm an Aries uh, uh, yeah so I'm really? like a fire yeah which is weird because what's I'm like a fire what's your chart looking like? 
Yeah, we need uh, to see your chart. We have to see my chart. I forgot what my moon is. You uh, talking about emotional? I'm a triple water fool. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I'm. I'm firing something else, but like. Um, I need y'all to get get on firing. that CoStar app. Get on the CoStar <laughs> app so we can all look at our charts. Yeah. We now, got I had the 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 homie the homie already did my chart. I gotta see. Let me show me what app it is because I got one called Pattern and. I'll send that, it to you. CoStar yeah. is really dope. To me, CoStar is like... Hold on, Ali. We can't just be giving out free advertisement here. That is hey, true. <laughs> trying to get <laughs> us some endorsements, fam. Hey, that is true. Uh, but no, for real, like I'm talking to my mom about it the other day, and she used to run our charts, you know, back in the 90s, I would say. And she had a friend who could be like, well, in your house of blah, 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 you're the... And I'm like, can we put this in layman's terms? For the house and whatever... And that you, to me is what CoStar does. It puts it in layman terms for you. Do you know where that came from? What? Like uh, the idea of like horoscopes and stuff. Astrology and no, no. Yeah. Well, it's like basically you're the universe. So they want to look at you how the universe is when you were born. And that's at the exact time. Exactly. And and your location. How is it you have to know is, your time yeah. of place and uh, yeah. date of birth. Like yeah. how is how is the star shaped when you were born? Yeah. And you know, that's basically your soul. That's like the the design of your your soul, your essence. Um Damn it, just treat me like a redwood and cut me in half and count the fucking rings. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I always laugh about the triple water with that. <laughs> The triple water. Yeah. I gotta. I gotta know mine. I'm interested now. I'm like. I'm mad. gonna. I'm gonna send you a link to the app. I'll text it to you. All right, Sneak. It was so nice having you on the show with us. Super I, nice. I have been. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> so looking forward to this conversation. I love getting to know you. And when I say when you came back to Tulsa, I hugged you so hard because I thought I never <laughs> want you to leave again. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm here. I'm here. You, you, I will say um, everything about you grew, you know, I could tell that your spirit um, had changed and even to your hair, you know, you look, you looked completely different and I could feel that. And I knew that that time away did help you. So again, thank you so much for being with us. And hey, no as, lie, brother bro, went up into the mountain. Sanyasin, Sanyasin style. Yeah, shaman, shaman like, you know what I mean? Like, came yeah, out was, with the hair and the beard, yeah. but like, because he was <laughs> the clean cut. He was looking yeah. like nothing when he left. <laughs> <laughs> Complete transformation. Yeah, yes. Thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. Honestly, it was, I've had a like a really good conversation with you guys here, and it's, uh, these are the type of combos that I like to have. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm back. Seriously. We'll have to do it again sometime. We love you, Snake. So on behalf of the Fire and Little Africa podcast, I'm Ali Shaw. And I'm Dr. Freeman. And we want to remind you to be the spark. Protect the flame. Pass the torch. All right. So before we leave you, we want to make sure we give you an exclusive listen to a track from the new project, Dojo. This is one of my favorites on the album. Shinobi Snake. Yes, the name of the track is, let's all say it together, Spirit, Spirit Bomb. Because my spirit is bomb, baby. Yeah. We have to tell y'all. 
crazy, I feel so alive in the nighttime. She told me I was beautiful, told her that was my line. Rather be with you through the lows and the high times. Your face be the last thing I see before I lie. Meditate with mantras, some shroom for my chakras. Roll up some tree, kick some shit with my partners. Half went to college, other half street scholars. Both got degrees, chillin'. We lit as August. My nigga said he ain't know how to love till he had a daughter. Shit got real the moment he became a father. Found a plug in the city, making trips. He grind harder now. Through all this water, need a harbor just to hold me down. Rob mine. Secret of nature, my op mind keep me safe from the haters. My stress is rolled up in Vegas, my spirit put to the test. I put it all down on paper, I give you nothing but gems. Then I'm going with the wind. Searching for some euphoria Always been in love But lately I've been ignoring you Sorry, I've been busy Land of milk and honey Got me litty in the days I've been dizzy, love I just need like five minutes If we can find a line Between the heart and your mind And open up what's inside Ain't nothing but water And God in it Always shout out my moms But really my pops did it Player made fly pimping From the first to the third To an O to a bird To a show back to finish, nigga It's crazy, I always been this nigga. No fake woke shit, I'm really sinning. My spirit bomb, don't you feel it? My spirit bomb, can't you feel it? My spirit bomb, can't you feel it? My spirit bomb, can't you feel it?